Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Johnny. Yes, sir. And Greg. Hello. And the car. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Uh, the heat wave seems to have hit a wall, which is nice. We've had rain for the last 24 hours or so. It is no longer a heat index of 115. So... Um, it was so hot that the parts of you that you don't think will sweat were sweating. And that's always uh, a little disconcerting. Um, I have been overweight solidly for like 10 years. <laughs> There's no part of me that I assume won't sweat. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been a little toasty guys. It's been a little bit, a little bit toasty, but we made it through. Greg, what's going on with you, man? Uh, nothing, man. It's been, you know, working from home. It's been kind of nice. Been staying out of the heat because it's been hot here, too. <laughs> and uh, I did re-image my computer, finally, because the new um, Windows 10 update came out. And uh, it makes my GPU run a little cooler now. Because nice. Windows uh, basically allows NVIDIA to control the memory addressing instead of Windows. So my card it runs a little bit cleaner. Nice. I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds lovely. Yeah. If it's more efficient and it's going to extend the life of anything, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, it's basically just it allows the card manufacturers to write the drivers to directly control the card instead of having Windows 10 run it through whatever it wants to do. You know how people were complaining when Windows 7, when from 7 to 10, how your computer started running a little, your graphics started running a little slower, and then eventually got a little better? This basically just cuts it back, said, hey, NVIDIA or AMD, you control how you put things in memory, so it'll run a little bit cleaner. That's, but yeah. I got to be honest, the idea of AMD having more control over graphics card drivers is not a comforting thought. Well... The, I was on the same boat until I realized they they do make the PlayStations and the Xboxes, and those graphics are really well optimized. And the the reason being is because the OS doesn't get in the way. So and that's where Microsoft finally you know came to their senses and allowed them to do it. So, so it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. Okay. Just my for my uh, the three days I've had it so far. Uh, in games, I compute, my GPU runs about ten, you know, ten degrees Celsius cooler, so oh, wow. it's it's a quite a bit different because it doesn't have to the bloat of Windows ten. Okay, so I hope it's their fix, so you can have like so I don't have to upgrade my graphics card when the next one comes out. So because it's running great, sweet. That's always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Little nerdy session there for you. <laughs> Richard, what have you been up to? Working. That's that's really it. I uh, this was my week in the building. So <laughs> I was in the building and I am no longer in the building next week. So. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all I've got. That's fun. Um what'd you guys watch this week? Anything interesting? Yeah, Greg. Uh, I've been actually watching um, a, a playthrough of a game called Yakuza Five. It's from a uh, Co Carnage. The streamer's playing it, and I don't know what it is, but it's actually it's like a it's just like a movie that he's playing through. There's a lot of cutscenes, a lot of like just you know stuff where they have to do go do a quest or go to these restaurants or you know it's like the little things. But it's funny to watch him play it, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a cool story. So. I've been stuck on that all week. I've always been kind of curious about, like... So, obviously, you don't have people who are bad at these games streaming, right? Um, no, not, not necessarily. Like, there are people that are bad at games that stream, but they're funny to watch play games. That's the thing. Right. That's, like, that's I, my wheelhouse. That is 100%. Like, if you want to learn how to play a game, don't watch me. If you want to laugh, I'm going to be your guy, because I am going to have meltdowns. 
every 13 seconds. Right. That's why okay. when you, when we get you in the States, you're streaming. <laughs> you, you guys, you do not want to see me play Destiny. People that play Destiny are going to watch me play and be like, no. That's fine. No. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that stream that have no talent. I, I would watch you stream. <laughs> so, you know. Well, I, I feel like I'd have as many viewers as we have listeners. Which, you know what? If you guys are watching and laughing, that's all I care about at this point. Right. You don't do it for the watchers. You do it for yourself. And that's uh, the, the streamers come. Or just whatever. To, to share how terrible I am. And then I'll start streaming some NHL 19 so people can see that I turn off all the penalties and just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. And I just, I turn off penalties, man. And I take runs at guys for hits that usually end up taking me way out of position. The other team runs it back and scores. But the times that I do connect, <laughs> yes. I'm like, I killed a guy. <laughs> In a game that's not supposed to happen with. Well, you know. What's that line from uh, Bad Santa? Shit happens when you party naked. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually found kind of an interesting documentary that I watched with Ashley this week. Okay. Greg, do you know about this film from that was shot in 1993? It was actually a Fantastic Four film. Have you, ever, have you ever heard of this? Who was in it? <laughs> um, Nobody. So, not entirely true. The guy who played Bug in Uncle Buck played Johnny Storm. No, I didn't see it then. And then, you guys remember Casino? The guy that kept putting his boots up on the blackjack or the craps table. He's like this big cowboy dude. And then Joe Pesci put his head in the vice and cranked it and popped yeah. his eyeball out. Uh, he was the guy that played Ben Grimm. So he was the thing. And the other people, I have no idea. But they, so this was following, they did, if you go back, Dolph Lundgren played the Punisher. And then the guy that played the original Flash on TV played Captain America, correct? I don't think John Wesley Ship was Captain America. Really? Uh, I've seen that Captain America movie. Um, if it's not him, it's a dude that looks like him. For some reason, I just... it's I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Anyway, none of this matters. Um, so what they ended up doing is actually greenlighting a Fantastic Four film in the early 90s that was shot in like three weeks. They didn't give them any time. They pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on. It was super low budget. They to, to be totally honest, they did a fantastic job <laughs> doing <Wow. the> movie. <laughs> that wasn't a laughing choke by Richard. That was, Oh God, I just want to choke and die. That was terrible. Um, and so they shot this film and they, they had it ready, went to post but they weren't doing any sort of like media tours, which is really weird if you think about it. But this documentary is called Doomed, and it actually details what happened with the film by interviewing the cast, the production team, some of the investors. It did not go well. Like even Stan Lee himself said, like this shouldn't, this will never see theaters. So it was it was kind of awful in the sense that I ended up being a little bit angry at Marvel Studios and Richard, you know, the individual that I am predominantly always angry with when it comes to the films that Marvel did in the nineties. Yes. You, you are often say that goddamn uh, Kevin Feig, I'll never watch anything that he does. That son of a bitch. I hate you so much. I can't count the number of times I've heard you say that. <laughs> Mr. Erad, Avi, Avi, how do you pronounce his name? I believe it's a Avi Arad. That guy's a dick. There's just nothing else to it. So they never released the film. Uh, Marvel came in. They stole all the reels. They stole all the prints. They allege that they burned them all, but there's no way in hell that any film conglomerate is going to destroy film. That's, that makes no sense. 
I mean, you say that like I'm not literally watching a version of that movie on YouTube right now. Ah, but see, you're watching like the rip from the VHS. The originals, though, that they could put out with like amazing quality, like cinematic quality. Uh, So it was it was kind of funny. It was kind of sad. And then it kind of actually made me angry at Marvel Studios. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it's necessarily Marvel Studios' fault. Oh, no, it was with what happened? Yes. (laughs) Right, but Marvel Studios, as it's known right now, was not a thing back in the 90s. But the people running it were still responsible for what happened to that Fantastic Four film. I don't think Avi Arid is still directly involved with Marvel Studios. I don't think he has been since, like, the early 2000s. He, he, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was he was directly involved with everything Marvel-related for a little while there. He hit big with um, X-Men and Spider-Man, and all of a sudden he was given keys to the kingdom to be a producer on all of this shit. He was basically Kevin Feig before Kevin Feig, but in the worst way humanly possible. Yeah. Because he was like, I got a great idea. Blade Trinity. <laughs> and thank you for that, because it was the first time that Ryan Reynolds got into a Marvel property. And and Daredevil did really well. Remember the character that we killed off three quarters of the way through? Electra spinoff. <laughs> yeah, but Electra's died and come back how many times? Yeah, but they did. That's canon, dude. You yeah, can't I, argue I, that. I get that. I get that. They still made Electra. Uh-huh. It's a bad movie. And not Ghost not Rider. <laughs> and Spider-Man 3. Whoa, hold on one second, Mr. <laughs> I love Ghost Rider, because at least it's fun. Uh, Ghost Rider 2. No, no, no. No, no. If I don't remember you, you saying a caveat to that. Uh, who is the one that was done by Neville Bean and Taylor? Hmm. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance was done by Neville Dean and Taylor. And by the way, a, a movie doesn't have to be well-made or good to be fun. Yes, it does. Nope, The Room is, is literally fun to watch because of how awful it is. I disagree. Greg, have you seen Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? Nope. Okay, Richard, I believe you just recommended it to Greg because he's our... Uh, no, he, unbiased. He's, he's not gonna like it. I know he's not gonna like. It. He's not fun or good. <laughs> and I believe I don't believe I actually called it fun. I think I called it interesting because it was made by Neville Dean Taylor. I think mm. that he did say interesting. No, because even Ashley says, "Is that the one that Richard likes all no. the time?" No, it's so I'm not making this up. Look, when you have directors literally hanging out of helicopters with their cameras so they can convince their actors to do batshit insane stunts, it's interesting. It doesn't mean it's a good movie. You think it's a but good it's movie? interesting. <laughs> maybe off ca- maybe off air, but I know you said like However, you know, I, it was a fun movie. I'm going to ask you this. Does the fact that um that AV Arid Abby Eric, does the fact that the dude produced Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse redeem him at all? No. Yes. That's like Stan Lee being an accredited actor just because they throw him in for a cameo. Here's the thing, though. Has Stan Lee, everything Stan Lee written, was it was it always really good? Did he ever write some clunkers? For comics? Yes. Yeah, obviously. There you go. Same point. Which ones? I have not read everything Stan Lee has written. Exactly. The law of averages states that there's going to be some clunkers in there. So that's just how that works. I am going to look up and I'm going to try to find at least five errors in judgment on behalf of Stan Lee for characters that he developed. I will do that. In the interest of being balanced in my approach, I will do that for next week's episode. Okay. If you'd like, I can still give you five errors in judgment that A.V. Arid has produced. He produced the Bratz movie. Oof. That's a cold one. 
I don't want to talk about him anymore. He ruined a franchise that we should have gotten better films for. And they did it. They literally kiboshed that film so that they could make the Fantastic Four films that we saw. Not a fan. So I think Ashley and I are going to try and watch that 93 Fantastic Four film this week. Not to jump ahead of myself, but I am going to give my recommendation for the week, and that's going to be it. The 1993-94 Fantastic Four that was supposed to be in theaters. I I feel like I did watch this at one point. I also watched the 1997 Justice League pilot at one point. Um, I don't remember having a whole lot of warm and fuzzy feelings about this. <laughs> but I'm... I'd be fine with watching it again, I think. Okay. Just don't make me watch it. No, I... I it's... <laughs> no. Don't worry, Greg. I That's that's not a thing I would <laughs> force upon you. If I come across some other films that I think you would enjoy, I'll always recommend it, but I don't think this would be one. Unless you really want to laugh at the camp factor. I, I don't really find that stuff... Like super funny, so. Okay. Nope. We'll uh, we'll save you that. I tried to watch the like original. Um, oh gosh, RoboCop. I'm like, bruh. No. How did we? How do we watch these movies? But I watched Goonies. Any, we didn't know any better. We like, Goonies was know. good. What's that? I like Goonies. That's an older movie. Yeah, but that's fun. And like oh. John Hughes films, I'll still watch those. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I don't want to say bad because it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's not even campy. I don't even know how to quite describe it, but I watched the last movie in the Has Fallen series, Angel Has Fallen. Oh, Lord. I haven't watched the first one in that series. Yes, you did. We watched it on the show. Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, I definitely didn't watch it. Yeah, you did. You did. I guarantee because I even actively see it on like Amazon and everywhere else. And I purposefully am like, no, I don't care. I may have said I watched it, but I definitely didn't watch it. No, you, you watch it and you enjoyed it. I, God damn it. I, I don't have to dig through and find our old episodes. You go right ahead because I'm telling you right now, I did not watch that movie. And anything I said on that, if you go back and listen to it, you're going to be like, Son of a bitch, he didn't watch it. <laughs> this is John just covering his ass. You're like, that performance in the third scene where Gerard Butler, blah, 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 blah. Dude, I seriously have not watched any of those you movies. You have. I, I promise you, you have. I, you're going to be... Greg is going to laugh his ass off when you got to come back and be like, he totally didn't watch it. You're going to post in our Discord and be like, I hate you. <laughs> Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same vein as basically like Olympus has fallen in that it's relatively dumb. Like, it, it kind of cracks me up a little bit because it's so paint by the numbers that it's kind of comforting. Like, you watch it and within the first five minutes... They introduced the dude who played Stryker in the Wolverine movie. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is obviously the bad guy. <laughs> Stryker. Yeah, pretty much. It's like this guy plays a military heavy in every movie that he's in. He is the bad guy. But they're like, oh, yeah, they're friends. They've known each other for years. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, sure. Um, so it's very, very paint by the numbers in a lot of ways. Um, but they did do some kind of interesting stuff with it. Uh, basically they reference back to the previous movies by having Gerard Butler, uh, going to the doctor and getting looked at for his myriad of ailments from, you know, having been in the white house when it was taken and then having been in London when it was taken so, um, and, and to the point where they actually uh, come out and say that he's addicted to pain pills and has been doctor shopping for uh, additional pain medication. And that kind of leads into the whole story. So uh, it's, 
I don't know. Like, it was fun in its own way. I did enjoy it in its own way. But if you go into it expecting anything more than, like, boom, blow up, blow up, boom, boom, blow up, and you expect, like, some sort of story that's going to surprise you or shock you, it's not there. It's, it's in a lot of ways, like watching um, the, what was it, 2008 Rambo movie, but without, like, some dude getting shot two feet away by a giant machine gun and blowing up. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Oh, dude, I love that movie. That movie is great. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it was, yeah, it was okay. I didn't hate it, but it was not... It was not something that I actively had to put a lot of attention in. It was one of those moves where I sat there and played on my phone while I watched it, and I did not miss a lick of it. Saturday afternoon special. Pretty much. Like, if in, in a different life, this would be on Fox 19 at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon for those of you yeah. in Cincinnati. Just when you got nothing else to do and you just need something on in the background for noise. And that's basically how I used it. I, it was a Sunday afternoon special in reality for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And, Greg, what did you watch? I was watching the playthrough from Yakuza 5. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we said that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I, I just felt like being fuzzy, happy, you know, rainbows, puppies, and kitties by watching Doom Patrol and Doomed. That's I was really in a positive headspace this week. I'm sorry, what is Doomed? Oh, That's that the name of the documentary. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it, we're, we're Richard's, Richard's waiting for the caffeine to hit the bloodstream right now. I'm waiting for the blood to hit the caffeine stream. It's more like it. <laughs> no, uh, actually, funny enough, so I have been inadvertently trying to kick caffeine all week. That's a terrible like, idea. I didn't do it on purpose, but like I just stopped taking sodas with me when I go to work. And I'm not, I'm not a big coffee drinker, so what that means is I would leave the house, and then I wouldn't have any caffeine <laughs> until, like, noon. And what I noticed was, oh, my God, I'm kicking caffeine, and I'm an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Greg, it's the caffeine. Right? Well, I mean, Richard did talk to me like after, like, a week I stopped drinking caffeine. It was not a fun conversation for him. I, I was real mean. I remember you doing that too. I was real mean. I still haven't <laughs> had any caffeine though. Yeah, I, I just like I was sitting there on Thursday and I noticed that I was becoming like increasingly grumpy at work. Like, and I was just like, God damn it, this is bullshit. <laughs> and then I just finally stopped and I was like, Why am I so angry about this? Why am I so mad? This is not even a big deal. And then I sat there and started like two and two was coming together. It was like that scene in The Hangover where uh, Zach Galifianakis has all the numbers flying by and stuff. Like I was just like, oh, I've been inadvertently kicking caffeine. And if I continue down this path, I'll be fine. But right now I'm a dick. <laughs> caffeine. And then add to that the fact that... um we're recording a couple hours earlier than we normally do, and Saturday is usually my one-day week where I sleep in, and I am definitely not at my A-game right now. Um, I woke up, had pizza, so I was just like, I don't know, I need a mood booster, man. I just I need that sweet, sweet pie. Nice. <laughs> oh, man, what a week, what a week. So we've had baseball has started. Oh, it did. It's um, it's been interesting to see some of the clips. The White Sox have actually started playing music while the guys are playing, which I actually kind of hope they carry forward because that can't be fun for those guys right now. You know what I mean? Like it's it. I gotta say, it's better know. than crowd noise. I like. I don't know. It's so weird. And I don't like the idea of them pumping crowd noise into the stadium without people actually being there. But like one of the things I've always said, I thought was interesting is that they always cut the music when sports were going on. Cause they're like, it distracts the athletes. Dude, I tell you right now, those guys would be happier than hell to have music playing while they're actually like doing their thing. 
Um, but it's it's it was nice, man. Uh, one of the things yesterday was uh, Edwin Encarnacion hit a home run off one of the pitchers for the Sox while they were doing their scrimmage. And uh, one of the one of the perks to not having a lot of noise is that you can hear the guys from the bench. And so after he hit the home run, he hit first base, but he wasn't doing the parrot because it's not a game. And you could hear Tim Anderson yelling from the bench, put the parrot up, put the parrot up, put the parrot up. Edwin cracks his huge smile, throws his arm up, wings it a couple times, and then rounds third. So it's – it was – that's how I know, like, maybe things might be okay, but I'm still guessing we probably don't see a month worth of baseball before they shut it down. But at least it's back. It was nice to see, and uh, I like that a lot of the teams, you can actually... The White Sox, it was a lot cheaper. I know the Oakland A's, I believe, are the first team to do this, where you can pay to have a cardboard cutout of yourself placed in the stands. Yep. And if it gets hit with a foul ball or a home run, they will send you the ball if it hits your picture. Um, the foul lines, it's like 50 bucks. I, it's various 50 to $130. The White Sox, it was straight up 49. So, I mean, it was, it's, and I like that what the White Sox are doing because they're taking all that money and they're actually donating it to organizations that are trying to help people cope with what's going on right now. So good on baseball, man. I mean, it's, it, it sucks seeing kind of how it's playing out. I mean, you're seeing, I believe Buster Posey yesterday said he was considering not playing now. Uh, Buster Posey is not playing. Right. Because he adopted. No. Was he the one that had the no, premature? He, no, he adopted premature twins. Right. So obviously for him, he doesn't want to risk that he is going to be asymptomatic and potentially bring that into the home. So, I mean, right. it's, I don't, made, I don't think we're going to be too mad at anybody that decides to do that. Like, who really cares? And if this whole thing does play out and there is a World Series and all that other stuff, I really don't want to see people try to discredit any team that wins the championship because you still had to play for it and everyone mostly had equal standing for each. But I mean, there have only been... I want to say a grand total of like 15 players who have currently opted to sit out. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying that in, in any way to discredit the players who have, because when they're making decisions for themselves and I fully understand them and, and agree with them, you know, what, whatever a player decides to do does not bother me in the least. Yeah. Um, but just to be honest, most of them aside from basically Buster Posey and maybe David Price aren't that big of names. Uh, I think you're going to see Mike Trout in the next week. I, yeah, and that's and that's going to be interesting to see how people react to that. Again, I don't have a problem with it. If someone decides that they're going to sit out because they have a very valid reason to, mm-hmm. who the hell am I to say, oh, no, you shouldn't do that? I mean, if I was given the option to continue working from home all the time and didn't have to go in every other week, I would do that in a heartbeat because I have no desire to get sick and then transmit it on. And I mean, just to get into a little bit of real talk here, um, you know, my daughter's seven. She's going into second grade. Her school has still not announced what their reopening plan is. Uh, They are apparently working on it right now. But if they if they turn around and say something like uh, one of the other local area schools has already said, which is they plan on just having all the kids come back. And that particular local area school has already said they have decided the kids will not be wearing masks. And they're just going to be there. Like, I will not be sending my daughter back to school that way. She will be doing some version of online school. Like, it is too important to protect those around us yeah to the point where you know if in in particular like my daughter gets picked up from school three days a week by my mom so i i want to protect my mom i want to protect my dad i want to protect the rest of the family that happens to see my daughter so you know if if i don't feel like she's going into a completely safe environment she's not going to go she's going to we're going to work something else out for her to do second grade. 
but I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's completely understandable when a player decides they're not going to play, and I don't think anyone should get mad at a Buster Posey or uh, Ian Desmond or Nick Varkakis when they're like, I'm not playing this year. Yeah. Well, it'll be the next couple weeks should be pretty interesting. And I mean, with the uncertainty surrounding all that kind of stuff, I, you know what, I, I keep thinking about it and I think I might even just squash the uh, fantasy baseball league for the year, man. Cause I mean, it's, there's so much like uncertainty surrounding it that I don't think what happens if a team has an outbreak or like two or three players go down, you know what I mean? Like it's, I just, and hell, it's so stupid and it's so trivial to be like, oh no, what about fantasy baseball? But like, I don't want the stress of that hanging over people when there's already enough going on. So it's, it's one of those things, man, like it's making everybody kind of reassess the normal things that we probably took for granted. Well, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think it was Greg, but we were talking about, um, you know, what baseball is doing. And in my opinion, baseball is doing something that at least the Reds, and I assume every other team is doing it as well, that is pretty interesting. You know, with the 60-man rosters, they've split the roster. And half of the roster in Cincinnati, at least, is working out of an entirely different um, venue during spring training and during the season. Right. So they're, they're working out of there is this great, little league field up in um, Mason called Prasco Park. Um, I don't remember the entire story of it, but my understanding was like, it was almost like a bench warmers type scenario hmm. where like the dude had a kid who played little league and they didn't have anywhere really to play very well. So he built his kid, this Taj Mahal of a of a little league field. Yeah. Um, I mean, complete with like uh, big uh, electronic uh, video board in the outfield, tons of seats, great concession stands. And so half of the team is working out of that. So even if there is an outbreak, it's not something where everyone's going to immediately get sick and the team's going to end up in a um, FC Dallas situation. Right. They have something to fall back on. So anyway, um, I know we've discussed this previously, and I think last week it was it we were talking about how they've brought Michael Keaton back for the Batman series now. Yes, sir. Uh, interesting development this week. It looks like they're actually going to be bringing a Gotham PD show to HBO. I'm holding my breath for quality. But here's my secondary question. It touched on an article that I posted earlier this week that I know, Richard, you're pretty passionate about. Curious that it's not going to the DC Universe sub? Um, not entirely. I mean, they've been making new shows for other networks continually as they've been doing the DC Universe stuff. Um, I I don't know. We just had a basically Gotham PD show on for like five or six seasons yeah. uh, called Gotham. <laughs> um, and... I guess that's part of why, like, my give-a-shit level for this is really low. Because, honestly, I didn't think Gotham was very good. No. I was, uh, not a, I was not a big fan. It had its moments where, like, some of the casting and stuff and some of the smaller, like, in-story arcs were pretty good. But overall, I would not watch that series. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, they, they cast Ben McKenzie as a young Commissioner Gordon and... Honestly, he was fine. Like, I didn't have any problem with it. They cast Dono Logue as Harvey Bullock. And again, like, that's... If you're looking at comics and you're looking at a picture of Dono Logue, you're like, holy shit! They just nailed Harvey Bullock. That's really good. Yeah. But pretty much everything else about it... <laughs> I, I feel... Well, Robin Lord Taylor was pretty good as uh, Penguin from what I saw. But I, I like, I don't know, I 
I watched it a little bit through like season one. I think I might've watched a tiny bit of season two and it just did not do a damn thing for me. Well, they've now pulled star girl from the DC app and they're putting it on CW. Yeah. Which it already was on CW, but they're not renewing it for the DC. Right. And that honestly, that worries me a little bit because part of what I liked about Stargirl was the production value. The production value on that show is ridiculously high. Yeah. And CW can't afford that. No. Uh, so I know that, you know, you, you opined when you posted it on Facebook that it might be, you know, I'd be heading towards the death of the DC app. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we are. Um, from the beginning, it was a relatively niche app with how they portrayed it. Um, I always felt like they kind of they kind of screwed up a little bit by not pushing the comic side of it more. I mean, or this is a, extending it to anywhere outside of the continental U.S. Valid point as well. It, well, and that's the other part that really kind of confused me. I mean, supposedly Titans has made them a boatload of money by just making Netflix deals outside of the U.S. Like, and it's not, like, why not just open your app up to the rest of the friggin' world, man? Well, yeah, either open your app up to the rest of the world, or I don't know, put Titans on Netflix everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it, that's that's the part that has always left me more than a little bit annoyed and confused with what they've done because they they have created this like shattered ecosystem. Where they're like, oh, yeah, it's here, here, but it's here, there, and it's here, there. And they've done the same thing with um, their CW stuff. Because, like, for the longest time, it was on all of Netflix. So if you wanted to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths anywhere in the world, you could just flip on Netflix and be like, okay, now I have to watch the Batwoman episode. Now I have to watch the Flash episode, whatever. But... They changed that, and Batwoman went to HBO Max. Yep. So if you want to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths, you can watch four episodes on Netflix, but the one episode that's in the middle of it, you have to watch on HBO Max, which yep. is fine for me because HBO Max is included with my cell phone plan. I got it for free. But for everyone else and anyone else in the rest of the world that doesn't have HBO Max... You have to find whatever streaming service Batwoman ended up on in your city or your country. Yeah, it was... I feel like it was Netflix here. I feel like it was Netflix here. It may very well be, and that's fine if it is. I just... Like, they pushed... And and this, this really pisses me off, in particular for Crisis on Infinite Earths. They pushed Crisis on Infinite Earths for years. They made a gigantic event out of it. They ran after shows with Kevin Smith, breaking down the first three episodes. And then to be like, hey, that thing that we've gotten you invested in through Netflix over the last, you know, like four years. If you want to watch it, make sure you have HBO Max. (laughs) But I don't know. I... It's not going to shock me if a month from now they come out and they say, uh, we've decided to murder DC Universe. This show's going here. This show's going here. This show's going here. It would actually almost shock me at this point if it doesn't. Yeah. My one hope out of all of it is, number one, that I have the streaming services the shows go to already. And number two... Um, that they continue to offer some sort of service that involves the DC back catalog of books. Because, to be completely honest, that's more why I have kept the service for the year and a half that I've had it than the... uh, The the media side of things? Yeah, I mean, mean, it's been a service that's continually released one episode a week for the most part, other than recently when they have... Uh, been releasing Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things. I mean, if they were to have all their programming on the app or through the subscription service, 
yeah, I could probably justify getting it, but if it's only going to be the back catalog, and I'm, I'm not saying anything against, like, comics, et cetera, et cetera, but, like, it's not something where I spend a lot of my time with new stuff or old stuff anymore as often. I, for the price point, I would not have that as a subscription. If it was just well, comics, no. And that's and that's why my hope would be that they would drop it to, like, five bucks a month. I, I, well, I mean, I can't, but I would if they decidedly stopped being anti-Canadian. Yeah, if, but if they offered that as just a worldwide app for five bucks a month, like Marvel has their own right now. Marvel has Marvel Unlimited, which is the exact same service. Yep. It's just comics, and they charge, I want to say, $10 a month for it. I had it for a little while. Yeah. Um. And it was, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's great that, you know, I can log in and be like, oh, here's, you know, an entire story arc and just read it. And like, if I, I liked it a lot in particular when I was traveling quite a bit, because I would go to get on a plane and I would whip out my iPad and I'd download, you know, a dozen or so episodes and go about my business. Yeah. But I don't know. I, here's, here's my real question with this. Does the fact that this Gotham show, this Gotham PD, because it can't be called Gotham because we just had that. Uh, does this Gotham PD show, does the fact that it's set in the Matt Reeves universe give anyone else a little bit of pause? Is that the like, same as R.I.P.D.? <laughs> that was a bad movie. <laughs> Sorry. I was just... Because I don't know that universe, I was just guessing. No, uh, Matt, the it's it's set in the same universe as the Robert Pattinson Batman. Oh Lord, <laughs> that's the part that kind of kills me. It feels like they're really putting the cart before the horse on this. Like the movie hasn't even come out; it's not even done filming, and they're like, Pattinson hasn't even broke a hundred and something pounds. He's come on. This kid, this is one of those things. It's either going to be amazing or, oh lord, you know, Fantastic Four level. Based on acting quality, Pattinson's fantastic. As a Batman, I just, eh, eh. it's like Ben Affleck all over again. I whoa no. whoa, Batfleck was fantastic. I don't know what movies you were watching, but dude. Batfleck wasn't the problem with those movies. Uh, he did them. <laughs> That's not the, the problem with the movie. It, he it's the hoping to make a good Batman movie, and instead they decided to make a bad Batman movie. They made the problem. He did Justice League and everything, too. Film, but this was yeah. supposed to be his movie, and I was like, hell yes, give me this movie. Give me this film. And then they just dumped them. Idiots. Oh, it's probably that well, back tattoo he got. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's as much as they dumped him as Affleck was having problems during the pre-production of this movie. This is yeah. when he was he was having drinking problems, oh. gambling problems, and when his uh, his marriage was breaking up. Yeah. All right. And he gets a tad to do that. Affleck loves Batman. Yeah. I mean, he is a gigantic Batman fan. Um. So to take someone who loves Batman that much, he really, 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 really wanted to make good Batman movies. So, he, I mean, everything that basically he said about it as it was going on was he was having an immense amount of trouble getting the script to where he wanted it to be. Because he was supposed to be writing and directing. So I, I think his biggest issue in the end was he didn't want to make another bad Batman movie. Yeah. So he wrote and directed that movie too. No, he has. He didn't write and direct either of the first two. He was writing and directing uh, this one. one. Okay. Because I was like, he did the first two, and we're giving him a pass. That's what I was saying. No, no, those were both Zack Snyder. Yeah. Wow. No, that was just him performing yeah. as outlined. The film he was going to direct would have been his first chance to like really flesh out his version of the character, and just given what and how he spoke about it, 
Like, if you That's look at the Batman animated series, that yeah. dude looks like the animated Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, that that's what I would want to see from a Batman is somebody that's yeah, that yeah. passionate. And I, I, I love him. I love Ben Affleck as far as a director and a writer. Like, The Town was amazing. Like, there was a lot of movies that he did that were really good. Like, why make Zack Snyder do these first two crap movies? And then when he gets to do his own, they put Robert Pattinson in there. Another well, good actor, but... Jeez, old Pete's, come on, and man. Affleck basically bowed out over time. It's not like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like he was forced out. It, it's, again, assuming all of the rumors are true. Yeah, that's fine. Well, and he's even admitted it on the tour for that film that he did about being a basketball coach or whatever it was. That one's yeah. on Amazon or something right now, too. I don't know. It's, oh, it's, it's the way, way back? Or the way back? The way back. Is that available to watch now? Or I just outed myself as having a not legal copy of it. <laughs> uh, it did go, it, it, it is, go streaming at some point, but it still cost money in the U.S. Um, he even was pretty open about his battles with uh, alcohol and stuff while he was on the press tour for that. So, I mean, it's... I'm glad that he saw that there was no good to come from him being tied to the project, especially with what was going on. Um, I just, I don't know. You're not wrong. I don't think we need the Gotham PD show until we see what, maybe give us a couple films first and then do the show. Don't it's give it like three, four years, man. I think it's, it's way too soon. And I mean, all this other uncertainty and casting changes. DC is going through more casting changes than I've ever seen in an established universe and franchise. Because now, look, there's the new Batwoman's coming in, too, right? Yeah, I don't know. they're They're not bad ideas. I have not seen an episode of Batwoman. I should probably, at some point this summer, because we got nothing else to do, sit down and watch it. I'm getting the, the the not great head tilt shaking. Don't do that support from Richard right now. Um, I mean, look, if you want to watch Batwoman, I'm not going to stop you. I I will tell you, I watched a bit of it and it didn't work for me. Mm. But at the same time, you know, that's fine. I've uh, I, not every show is made for me. Um, the thing that I'll point out with Batwoman and the casting is they didn't, this is not a recast of Batwoman. This is a, an entirely new character picking up the mantle. Mm. Um, which kind of makes sense because um, Batwoman was previously Ruby Rose and the new one is now an African-American woman. Um, so uh, it, it it's kind of interesting because it feels like they really should have just announced her casting at the same time they announced that they were going with a completely new character because... I am still part of uh, the Batwoman subreddit because I joined it a long time ago and I don't generally leave subreddits. But when when they announced that they were going with a completely new character, people were up in arms. They were like, this is bullshit, just recast. And then when they announced that they were going with um, a new character because it was you know basically an, an African-American woman taking the mantle, everyone's like, oh, okay, well, that actually makes a lot more sense and I'm more interested now. Um, so I don't know the, the new actress, um, that's taking over has been in some other stuff. Um, her name is Javicia Leslie. Okay. Uh, and she was one of the stars of God friended me, which, uh, ended its run la- uh, last month or two months ago, something like that. Right. Um, which was not always my cup of tea, but my uh, my parents watched it, so I watched a few episodes, and it was fine, and she was fine in it. Well, I'll I'll ruminate on that, but not going to rush into it. Uh, do you guys have recommendations for this week? Um, Greg, anything? What's what's going on on your end of the world, man? Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to go back and watch the, cause Yakuza that I was watching the Yakuza right now, but apparently there is 
this is the fifth or the sixth game. I want to go back and watch some playthroughs on the first the first couple. Um, okay. Just because I, I really like the story and the way it's being told because you play multiple characters throughout a story and they kind of tie them together like a movie. Right. So that's what I've been kind of doing. Okay. Um, uh, what's the name of the streamer? Uh, Co Carnage. C-O-H-H-C-A-R-N-E-A-G-E. Yeah, Co Carnage. Okay. But uh, my recommendation has been the one I put in Discord. <laughs> the Australian guys. Oh, yeah. Fair okay. Barn Films. Oh, my God. That YouTube channel. I watched it for like an hour. And the, 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 episode, the little skits are like two and a half minutes long. Okay. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. But I couldn't stop watching them. Perfect. Richard, what do you have for the week? What do you... Telling the kids to watch at home. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to call it a recommendation. I'll say what I am going to watch. I have been waiting for The Way Back to be reasonably priced to watch streaming. And I can watch it on Google Play for $3.99 rental or $9.99 buy. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and watch The Way Back because I, I heard some pretty decent things about it when it came out. And might as well. All right. And then for myself, I'm going to give the Fantastic Four documentary Doomed. Just, I know we already discussed it, but I'm going to tag team that with. We will try to post a link on our social media so you can actually watch the film after you watch the documentary as well. Um, I know that it is very early on a Saturday. You guys will be hearing this sometime early in the week. Richard, is there anything else you want to give the kids before we let them go? The butts are loose. Oh, God. Never again. Never again. <laughs> Never. Y'all lost me right there. Greg? Yes, sir. Anything you want to add in before we send them home? Nope, I'm good. All right, Richard, you know what to do. Have a good week, everybody.